Hello. Hello and welcome to Absolute Bedlam Past with a couple of friends. Um, a lot of them have done podcasts with me before, but this is a very specific one. Um, it's kind of twofold, really. I'm trying to wrap up the year, which has been insane, as I'm sure a lot of people can relate. And I'm trying to get their personal thoughts on video games, which seems to be something that everyone has a lot of sort of thoughts and opinions and experiences on. Um, so welcome to Absolute Bedlam Podcast once again, Anthony and Sam. Hello. Hello. I don't think I've ever called you Anthony before. <laughs> I just read the screen. I was like, I must call him once. <laughs> yeah, welcome. Good to have you back. Good to be back. Thanks for having me. That's all right. Try and do a sort of end of year wrap up because um, I'm not sure how many of these I can smash out before 2021. So, so let's go for it. So, first question, as you're aware is your first ever gaming experience. So initially, I've got Jim down. He's not quite with us at the moment. So we're going to go with Ant first, if that's all right. Yeah, that's fine. Um, for me, it was quite difficult, but I think I've come up with something that was probably my first. Uh, I believe it was on Sega Mega Drive, and it was a game called Altered Beasts. Um, um, it was a side-scroller um, where me and my brother used to play it, two-player co-op. And you used to uh, sort of just go around killing sort of skeletons and zombies and those sort of things. And you used to get power-ups, which then converted you into different types of animals, depending on which okay. level you're on. Hmm. That's cool. Yeah. That was probably my first yeah, name. I, I recognize the name. Yeah, I think mm. it was for, uh, for the Mega Drive. I'm not sure. It was definitely Sega, though. Mm. Might yeah. have the Dreamcast. Yeah. Yeah. Dreamcast is a weird console. Anyway, Sam. Me, well, first experience actually like seeing a game and being like, this is this is a video game was my dad had a SNES um, and he had Super Mario World on it. And I remember seeing him playing it and just being like, man, this is so cool. Just like awestruck at like what video games were, just thinking this is mad that you can you can do this and interact with this thing on the TV screen. I can't remember how old I was, but I was I was pretty young. Um, but as far as like first game I feel like I actually played, it was another one of my dad's ones. He had uh, Tomb Raider, and I was I was too young to be playing it. The opening cutscene scared me as a kid already, and literally I'm in this cave. I don't know the controls, and there's bats and wolves coming at me, and I was I was just bricking it the entire time. But yeah, loved yeah. it. Like I was just smitten with it. Um, but yeah, Tomb Raider was was the first game I tried to figure out. That was my first time actually, like playing a game. That was that was PS One, I think. The cool grey thing with the most awesome, like startup sound ever. I think if anyone's played yeah. a PlayStation, they know that sound. Yeah, it's embedded in yeah. our minds at this point. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, for better or worse, where it sounds like a continuous glass smashing forever. Love it. Yeah, um, I think Tomb Raider's a really good shout actually. Mm. Um, I think that was probably the first game I ever played on the PlayStation 1. Um, it's quite hard, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, especially when, like, I, I hadn't mm. played a game properly before. And, like, I was faced with analog sticks. And, like, obviously the movement controls. It wasn't a beginner game, like, at all for someone that was trying to cut their teeth on getting into games. Yeah. 
I remember the last boss was like this huge skeleton. Oh man, yeah, like I used cheats to yeah. get there because I was like, I wonder what the end of the game's like, and I noped yeah. out of there so quick as a kid. I was like, I'm not, I'm not ready for this at all. This isn't cool. Yeah, because your trademark was you had your double pistol. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't think I ever actually completed that. No, neither did I. One of those games that, like, as the Tomb Raider series unfolded, it just got better and better, mm. like graphic wise, didn't it? Yeah. It was almost like one game per console. Yeah. Um, yeah, I wonder if they're going to do a PS5. Although I know Uncharted's kind of taken the lead on that, really, hasn't it? Yeah, it's like the market got really saturated at one point with those kind of like action adventure games. And they obviously did the reboot and everything with it, which was good, but um, it wasn't, wasn't the same like Lara Croft and like the classic, but maybe it just got a bit too long in the tooth and needed it, I suppose. Yeah. Um, just going to continue with my one, I think, and I am having a completely total recall at this point. Um, I think it was Streets of Rage. Mm. Uh, the game that somehow gave you a nutritional snack when you punched a phone box. <laughs> or like garbage chicken, you would like punt a, like a trash yeah. can and yeah. get a whole chicken yeah, out of it. Or a burger yeah, or yeah. something. And I remember... Um, it was a side scroller, like you said, Adam. Yeah. It just, you, know, you go from zone to zone, you beat people up, and then you go from another zone. Um, and I remember, I don't know how I'd managed to do it. It was like a sort of, like a limit break in Final Fantasy, where I'd called in like an airstrike from the police. Oh, yeah. Like, fucked up like four people in a row, and I was like, I am a god. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, yeah, there wasn't an awful lot to that game, but it was very, very hard at certain points. It was like the um, I remember playing it and it was yeah. like the, the fire breathers and the like the Wolverine like lookalike dudes. You just had to spam your like your power moves out and there was no like yeah. legitimate way of beating them. Um another game that's definitely worth a shout out is Wipeout. Mm-hmm. That was a um PlayStation One game that I think's completely dropped off now. It was like you're driving a spaceship. And I think the only evolution from that game really was um, Pod Racer Star Wars. Yeah. That was a hell of a game because it had like a really cool soundtrack, and I was like, "Wow, I can actually do two things at once! Like I can listen and I can play a game at the same time." Mm. All sort of been thought of properly and all that sort of stuff, and it was really cool to do both. It was nice to have like a soundtrack to actually go. Yeah, I think F Zero is similar to that. That uh, it had it was a similar, yeah. similar sort of game in in vain as well. But the music made it feel like you were immersed in it, especially with F Zero that was on the N sixty four. Sorry, not N sixty four, the SNES. Yeah. Um, and the graphics were, you know, sixteen bit, and it looked awful, but you still felt like you were there because you were immersed in the sounds of the music and you know yeah. everything else that comes along with it. Yeah, like Wipeout was a fairly simple game, really. Um, but it really felt like you were in that spaceship. And for a game that came out that early on the scene to feel like that was quite cool. Yeah, so Jim's just joined us. Hello, Jim. Evening, Howdy. You're all right. Great. Thank you. So the only person we're waiting for now is Andy. Um, we're just talking about our first ever gaming experience. Ooh, okay. Jim, if you want to, if you want to have a think. Um, I've just mentioned Streets of Rage and Wipeout. Mm. 
if that helps you with your old brain. Excuse me. <laughs> You're what two months younger than me? I'm yeah, I'm not in a position to call you old, really. Am I? A lot. Yeah, I'll take that. Um, so ants, just to completely uh recalibrate, I think you said altered beast, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, that's it. And Sam's was Tomb Raider. Mm-hmm. Earliest gaming experience. Uh, so, first time I kind of encountered anything was, I can tell you what PC it was, but around a friend's house, um, and they had just picked up Doom, original Doom, yeah. um, playing it on whatever PC was at the time. And uh, mm. one of the older brothers had it, was playing it, and happened to walk in into where what was uh, affectionately known as the flying tomatoes <laughs> that was that was it yeah, yeah. that was um my first uh experience of it so um didn't really play anything for a little while um it's kind of off my radar at that age um then a few years later i got a uh, game boy um it's the first proper time to start playing games got a bundle for christmas with a bright yellow game boy super mario one and two and that was yeah. it and just uh Chew through the batteries. Yeah, with four double A's, and you know, they're not so bad price wise now, but back early 90s, a lot more. Dad, I just need some double A's, Dad. <laughs> I remember those. Get the hit, quick. Yeah, Brilliant. then it was great. One a couple of years later, and then it went all downhill. Mm-hmm. I think. I, I want to kind of do this for everyone that's listening. Really, is uh, you've got to mention Sonic, haven't you? That was probably a lot of people's like gateway game. I think. I think there's a lot of animosity um, between people who played a lot yeah. of Mario and people who played a lot yeah. of Sonic. There's a, you yeah. know, it's it's almost the Xbox PS4 uh, or Xbox Sony debate, but with characters. Yeah. 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 It's weird that like we pick these teams, isn't it? Like I'm Team Sonic, I'm Team Xbox, I'm Team PlayStation. Yeah. I think it's because you all... you invest like so much time into it. And you there's yeah. games on those consoles that you're so like you're so into and they're just like ingrained yeah. in you. If, if anyone says anything else or like slights it or says, Oh man, my, my my console's better, this game's better on this, it's like it's almost personal. Yeah. 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 Um, what we'll do is we'll continue. Um, I think I've mentioned this to you before, Jim, but at 30 minutes, I'm going to have to start a new room up and re- we'll all rejoin. Um, so Andy hasn't asked the first gaming experience question yet, but um, we'll have to just crack on as we are, really. Um, what else have I got? So what game have you sunk the most time into? We'll start with... Jim on this one, and then we'll go to Anne and then Sam, if that's okay. Ooh, single most game spent most time into. Yeah, we're talking hours, oh, days, hours. A lot of them, a lot of different titles. Um, mm. oh, so many hours. Um, as a series, it would have been tossed up between Metal Gear Solid and Mass Effect. Um, yeah. I'm thinking how many years ago would be uh, Metal Gear Solid, easily. First one, hours and hours, and something revisits. 
fairly regularly. Or Final yeah. Fantasy VIII, actually. That's got remastered that on my PlayStation at the moment, so that's also something that's consumed many hours. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. And what are we talking about? For me, it's quite easy. I've put at least at least 600 hours into Overwatch. Easily. Jeez. Wow. If not more. <laughs> um, just since I've been playing it for four years, pretty much solidly. Um, I'm, I've always loved FPS games, but with a, with a twist and Overwatch just fulfills that perfectly for me. The strategy behind it, the team base, the communication, I absolutely love. Um, yeah, that's, that's yeah. it for me. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Sam? So, while we've been talking, I remembered that there's a website called wastedondestiny.com that tells you the exact amount of time to the minute that you've played on Destiny. So, Destiny 1 is 417 hours and 30 minutes. Destiny 2 is 700 hours and 56 minutes. And apparently I'm in the top 23% of PlayStation players time spent on that game, according to this, which is worrying, really. So I, I think, I think hands down, that's probably the, the most time spent on any series, I guess. Christ. Um, I think mine's probably Final Fantasy VII or Ocarina of Time, Legend of Zelda. Um, I'm a bit of a sucker for the 100% completion kind of things. Mm. I like every item, I like every weapon, I like to mm. get the max armor and all that sort of stuff. Um, Zelda, you could probably complete Ocarina of Time in probably about two weeks if you really wanted to, like speedrun it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wanted to get, there was something in the game called the Big Oron Sword. Um, and I think initially it was called the giant's knife and you'd hit one person with it and it would kill them straight away but you'd break your knife in the process so you had to like go around doing all these like fetch quests and this is before fetch quests were even really known as fetch quests they were just things that you would do throughout the game and some of it required you to be a child and some of it required you to be an adult and you'd go around the whole world basically um, on a bit of a time trial um, and that was like one of the weirdest sort of side quests I've ever done. And I managed to get it. Um, so in Zelda, you get something called the Master Sword, which is the sort of the standard sword that you get when you're an adult for the majority of the game. But this big Orom sword thing would kill most things in like three hits. So if you like fought a boss that initially you fought with the Master Sword, it would take you like two minutes of the Master Sword, whereas with this new massive sword it would take like four hits and it would just kill anything that moved and um that stuff like that's always like really appealed to me that like i want to get the the correct ending you know i want to get the completionist sort of trophy or whatever it is you get out of it so yeah i think ocarina of time is probably going to take the cake with the uh the most time that i've sunk into mm. it um uh, diddy kong racing as well i played that a lot that was just like a sort of competitive game that I play with my friends. Um, but yeah, I think Ocarina of Time is probably going to take it because there was so much to do in that game. It was ridiculous. Mm. I was very similar so, with um, Majora's Mask. Yeah. Um, the Fierce Deity Mask is the last mask that you sort of 
you don't need to go for yeah. at the end of the game. Yeah. But if you do go for it, it's a lot of effort. But it makes your last couple of fights that much easier that you just you can finish the game and that you feel more accomplished for going through. Yeah, I've actually got a game coming up in a bit um, that mentions that exact thing that you've just mentioned, Dan, of just making the game so much easier to complete. I'll, I'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Um, so I'm just going to quickly write down. Andy needs to answer those questions because otherwise he's going to join in and go, what the hell's going on? Top five games ever. Oof. Not an easy ask. I appreciate. So, Jim, are you happy doing Only if I one? can pick series, Which not individual it? games. <laughs> otherwise, uh, yeah. <laughs> otherwise we're going to be here in a while. Um, so, no particular order. Um, Mass Effect. Oh, good call. Yeah. Um, time Splitters. This is my all-time nice. favourite FPS. Yeah. Um, then um, Tekken. Metal Gear. And then uh, for five, I've got a list which actually contains about six entries. So <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't work. I couldn't decide. But the first one list I put down was Resident Evil. So I'm just going to go with that for now. And maybe we'll swing back and talk about some of the other ones but um yeah yeah it was difficult for to just pick five there yeah no fair enough who we got next uh andy should be on in a minute um ant top five games uh mine i've got a few similar ones in there i also had to pick series because if i had to go boil it down to specific games it would be a nightmare um i also have metal gear solid in there just anything Kojima does is fantastic. Uh, Gears of War, I love all Ooh. of those games. Mm. Um, yeah. Overwatch, obviously, I've got so many fucking hours on it. It needs to be <laughs> on the list. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mario Galaxy, which is kind of a weird one. But mm. I just I, I adored the platforming. I adored the character and level design. Um, I like the controls of the Wii, and I don't really like the Wii as a console, but for those game for that game in particular, it worked. And as I mentioned, uh, Majora's Mask for N64 was one of my top games ever. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Uh, was that your five, sorry? Yeah, it was indeed. Cool. Right, so my top five. This has changed a bit. I did a podcast a couple of uh, months back. Uh, not mine. Um, I was joining in, it might have been February. So not a couple of months, Ben, because it's fucking December. So... Um, <laughs> Top five games. Let's move on. Final Fantasy VII, mm. uh, classic. Uh, I think we can all agree that that was one of the games that kind of changed the way that we all look at games now. Very cinematic, very team building, very sort of character story development orientated. Well, it's the one out of three that. that made it onto the PlayStation One Classic, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Second ever game, uh, Pokemon Snap. Oh, mm. that's a good shot. Mm. Um, I will fight people in the car park for that because <laughs> it was good, man. That was, that was an interesting game. Um, I won't go into it too much, but it was just a completely like innocent game that just had its own sort of agenda and just didn't really care what anyone else thought. It just here you go, here's a camera, go take some pictures of Pokemon. Sorted. Very easy to play. Very easy to pick up and put down. Uh, Zelda Ocarina of Time, as I've mentioned, just an absolute classic game. Um, lots of action, lots of 
learning how to do things for the first time and then obviously you've got that perfect perfect nintendo 64 controller um <laughs> that you need three hands for <laughs> probably yeah uh speaking of super uh speaking of 64 we got super mario 64 it's an amazing game uh, once again try and complete it with 120 stars and get your easter egg on top of the castle what else we got? I think that's four. So my final top five is a game that I've recently bought on the PS4 as a PS2 remaster, which is called Honest yes. Warlords. So this is quite a hard game to explain to people that haven't mm. played it, but essentially you're a samurai and you just go around fucking up demons. Um, it sounds a bit kind of Resident Evil-y when I explain it like that, but it's not that scary. It doesn't really have many jump scares. Um, and I've managed to complete it. Obviously, I, I knew what I was doing. I managed to complete it on PS4 the other day in six and a half wow. hours. Hmm. Um, I did think when I played it, I thought that when I played it on PS2, I thought there was a bit more to it. I thought there was a few more enemies and a few more levels, but it does kind of seem to be centered around a certain area. Um, but just a fantastic game. And that feeling of getting a critical hit on the demon is just absolutely mm, I remember awesome. that well. And you just cut straight through them and they just slide in half. It's just sick. Such a good game. Um, yeah. Just just love the uh, Nintendo 64, what can I say? So, what are we going to do now? So, I am going to add Andy into this and we'll see how seamless it comes out. We'll continue with this in a sec. Um, and the next question I'm going to ask is the best storyline in a game. So if you're ready for that, hopefully speak to you in a minute. Cheers, guys. Cheers, man. Yep. Welcome back. Here we got, we got Ant, we got Sam, we got Jim. Can we get Andy? If we can get Andy... I think I'll unlock some sort of Xbox 360 achievement. <laughs> Bling. Yeah. Right. You've all read my message. Welcome to Amateur Hour with Ben Garber. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't forget. I've, I've got my top five as well, Ben. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I'm going I'm to try really hard not to go into a tangent. Oh, we got everyone. Hey. We got everyone in the chat. I think we have. Oh my God, I'm going to shout out the window. <laughs> right, Sam, continue <clears throat> with your best five games. Sorry. Right, so, tangent, but it's going to be similar to you other boys. It's probably going to kind of come down to series as opposed to individual games. Yeah, uh, in it's it's in no particular order and they're not necessarily like the greatest games or ever had any critical acclaim uh some of them they just hold something like a, a special part without sounding too cheesy or hammy destiny is up there like a destiny yeah. series as soon as i sunk my teeth into that like as i mentioned earlier it was an absolute time sink and i think you guys can appreciate obviously with of the Zelda games, like you like to check all your corners and find all the secrets and like hundred percent it and get everything that there is to get. And yeah. this was just one of those games that was just packed full of stuff. Um, granted, there was some times where it was lacking on content a little bit, but it soon picked up. But Destiny is is up there. Um, yeah. Next up is the Dark Souls series. 
if I had to pick a Dark Souls game, it would probably be the first one. I think anything that From Software and Hidetaka Miyazaki, I think his name is, put out, like Bloodborne and everything else is incredible. Just just the way they do it and create worlds and the design and the attention to detail, I think it's brilliant. Um, Metal Gear Solid, again, amazing series. Kojima, as Ant mentioned, I think it was Ant that mentioned it. Um, anything he tends to put his hand to is just brilliant. Um, he's got such an interesting way of working games and like breaking the fourth wall as well, like fighting Psychomantis and having to like plug your controller into a different port and stuff. Like as a kid, that blew my mind. Um, so that yeah. kind of that kind of stuck with me as being one of my top ones. Um, Call of Duty, probably Modern Warfare too, um, just because it was. I know it's memes you see all over the place, but it's like getting home from like school or college and just all the guys being online and just like having the best time and the, like the most toxic lobbies you have ever seen <laughs> in your lives. Like it's it's yeah. just it's just made memory. So that's why that game sticks. Um, yeah. And the last one is a weird one that I don't think many people have heard of. And that's not me mm. being a hipster or being like I've played these games you've never played, but it it was called Where the Samurai. Um, and it was a yeah. fairly minor series on PlayStation, and it was just a it was just a role playing thing, and it appealed to my inner weeb, and I I loved it. Um, and again, yeah. it was like a really immersive thing. Like the first one had like warring clans and stuff, and you had to like pick a side, or you could pick like straight down the middle, and there was like a million different endings, and you had to collect or forge all the different swords and stuff, and just loved it. Um, and again, that was one of those ones that just like just grabbed a hold of me and I sunk a load of time into. But I'd say those are my top five. Nice. So, Andy, welcome. What's it like having kids? It's fun, isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. So, if you want to make a note of this, mm. mate, um, I've got some questions. So, uh, a lot of us have answered these questions, so no pressure. <laughs> um, first ever gaming experience, what got you into this world? What got you sort of breaking your teeth into it sort of thing? Yeah. So, uh, my first ever gaming experience was in a computer shop in Weymouth that I think is where Boss Minis used to be very recently, um, down near the library. And it was a shop called Granby Computers, I think, um, if anyone was around back then. But anyway, back in the day, it was they had a computer set up in there with um, my mum was in there buying a PC or something. And me as a kid, having not got a games console or anything, was in there and thought, the original Abe's Odyssey going on. Oh, yeah. And just then spent yeah. about three hours standing in that shop while she decided what computer she was going to buy and then managed to uh, convince her to buy Abe's Odyssey for it um, and then played that solidly for about three years. <laughs> <laughs> so I got a lot of love well, for that. Whilst game. you're in the shop, <laughs> were you in the shop the entire time? <laughs> got a job. <laughs> um, That's but cool. yeah, that was, that was amazing. I'd never, and I, and this, like, my family was quite, um strict like when i was a kid i just i'd never had like any kind of games console game boy anything like that so um it kind of yeah. blew my mind when i first played that that makes sense um andy what have you sunk the most time into game wise oh it's either gonna be a dark souls game probably dark souls 2 or uh fallout 3 I'm oh, pretty yeah. sure Fallout 3, I clocked somewhere close to 400 hours on it. Man of culture as well. 
Um, but yeah, yeah, Dark Souls 2, I did a few oh, new yeah. game starts on that and, and yeah, just put a lot of hours into that as well. I had a lot of love for that game. I think that's a really important factor, actually, is just the replay value of a game. Because mm. it's great having like a first experience of like, oh my god, that was insane. But if it doesn't make you want to go back and try something different, then I think it can't really be a favourite game, really, can it? No. You, you've got to try a different set of characters or make some different decisions for it to play out in a different way. That's a, that's a good good shout. Um, so we've got the hardest question with Andy, and then we're all on a level playing field. So top five games ever. I just heard sound in here. So, I yeah, and I was thinking then off the top of my head, what would my top five ever games be? Um, and you're right, it's a very hard question. Um, it is. I would, I would like to give an honourable mention to one if I can before I give you my top five. If that's all right, because I had cool. I had the mention of Bloodborne, um, and out of all of the Souls games, Bloodborne is my absolute favourite. I think it's it's mm. up there as almost a, a perfect version of that sort of format of game. Um, it's just so like, the feel of it is just incredible. But my my top five, other than that one, would be um, I. The whole Wolfenstein series, particularly the ones that they've been making on the latest gen. Well, I say latest is PS5 now, isn't it? But PS4, um, they've just such great humour in those games, um, and they're just ultra violent, super fast, really good frame rate, and just just blitz your way through mindlessly shooting everything, which is which is awesome. So I love those. Um, my multiplayer experience kind of horizons were changed with the Halo franchise. So I, I got into Halo with Combat Evolved on the Xbox, and then it was Halo Three for me was was my, the absolute pinnacle of any sort of online achievement in gameplay that I've ever had, um, and I got quite good at that. So that's that's got a special place. Um, and then the last two are a bit kind of one of them's old school, which is Goldeneye, because I think you just can't beat that game. There was like it's got yeah, that's it's got no yeah. reticle on the screen, like you just have to point the middle of your screen at something and hope that it lands. It's fantastic, yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, and the last one is uh, Katamari. Anything Katamari is just Ooh, endlessly playable. Oh man, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. I've put so many hours into that, just rolling up stuff to build planets to be shouted at by the giant cosmos king. Like, and yeah, it's brilliant. Just rolling around, <laughs> love it. Oh dear, yeah, that was a weird game. It's fantastic. It's so good. <laughs> If you've ever wondered what LSD's like, people, without actually trying it, <laughs> play Katamari. <laughs> it is a trip, for um, sure. I'm just going to quickly mention one of my honourable mentions in my top five. Um, I'm just trying to think the exact one that I'm trying to portray. Uh, it's probably got to be Rayman. Yeah, I remember thinking, like, this game's hard. <laughs> and I remember, like, learning different skills at the end of different worlds and there was one where you could hang off a ledge and I thought this would have been so much easier <laughs> if I could just do that from the beginning. Yeah, I think that got a lot um, of flavour oh. from, um, Rayman got a lot of flavour from yeah. Mega Man, whereas it, you, yeah. each level you'd completed, you got the new sort of power-up, as it were, to work yeah, yeah. your mm-hmm. next level. I remember his little fanfare, he goes, yeah! <laughs> just like, puts his two <laughs> fingers up. It yeah, was it was cool. nails. I remember my first yeah. introduction to Rayman is I bought um, like a help 
help you to learn French game um, off of a mate, and it turned out to be Rayman, but like the different paths and the right ways to go was like the correct French, like visible on screen to the answer to the question and stuff. So like you're trying to learn French and play Rayman at the same time, which is already hard. And it's what oh man, it's chaos. It didn't yeah, help, by the way. Doing? I didn't learn French. <laughs> no, just, it's a good idea. You just rage both hobbies at the same time. I just hated both of them by the end of it. <laughs> yeah. Hate Rayman and Sod French. French and Sod Rayman. <laughs> yeah. Both jog on. Brilliant. Um, so we've got the next question, which is best storyline in a game. Obviously, this is a hard one. It's probably going to be your top five. So we'll start with Jim on that one, if that's okay. Uh, can I say no? I don't know what I'm going to pick. <laughs> it's a difficult, really difficult question. Really difficult. It is a difficult one. Yeah. I'm kind of just looking at the list going, they're all amazing yeah. because that's why they made the list. Um, mm. um, the similar could pick. Um, but... I think this is going to be a hard one for everyone, so I would let you skip. <laughs> Everyone's got to do the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no worries. Um, just, I think I'm just going to have to go Mass Effect, so the sheer scale of it and the choices you've got in it. Um, that really is one storyline throughout the series, which is just completely, I was in both feet first. Um, yeah. yeah, just completely engrossed. Um, it's something I get back to regularly and, you know, still in love with it so um yeah i think instead of going through all my other potential answers for this and that i'm gonna go with that we're gonna go with mass effect um yeah it's just solid story so many choices so many different outcomes um and it just you start and it boom opens um yeah there's so many different ways you can go about it so yeah for that and not wanting to go into depth and every other choice i've got on my list i'm going to stick with that Nice. And best storyline? Okay, well for me, it was quite easy actually because there's only been one game ever that the story has actually made me cry. And that was Gears of War 3 when Dom made his ultimate sacrifice. Oh no, the feels. Yeah, yeah. So for me, for me it it was the monologue he did beforehand. I wasn't really expecting him to, you know, take that vehicle and destroy it and himself in the process, but um, it was it was the reaction, it was the music, it was everything about the moment was just so perfect. And I will happily admit I shed a tear to that. And that's that's the way it is. Yeah. Lots of emotion. I think yeah, like spoiler alert, but like when Final Fantasy dropped the bombshell that Ares wasn't gonna make it, I was just like, Wow, they've actually thought about this. Um yeah, just brutal. Um, I'm just happy that I didn't level her up. Um, Who's next? Who's next? Sam, best storyline. So I I think I'm going to agree with you a little bit. Like I've got a couple. Like Final Fantasy VII was was a like a big one. I think that was the first time I played a game where it was so story heavy, and there was so much of it. It wasn't just like. Um, a mechanic to move the game forward like the the game revolved around the story um that was incredible um as far as like a more contemporary one red dead redemption or the red dead games in general i think are exceptionally well written i think the the character development in them is 
astounding. Um, like it's it's just like playing a film. Like like I found myself playing it and wanting to keep playing because it's like watching a TV series. You want to watch the next episode and see what what happens and where it goes. And it's just so yeah, dramatic. It's... But I've got to give an honourable mention to Bioshock. I think people okay, people yeah. overlook Bioshock, especially for the twists in the first one um, and just how immersive it is. Um, but uh, yeah, I'd say the contemporary would probably be Red Dead for me. But as, as far as old school goes, it would be Final Fantasy VII. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I know Andy's a big fan of Bioshock. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, nice. Um, Andy, what's your best storyline? Bioshock. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, that's um, the first Can't the first Bioshock game. Like, just the whole... Yeah. I mean, the setting, you know, if you're going to write a story, having, like, an undersea city that nobody knows about where some crazy utopian madman has created this undersea universe and you've got these huge monsters roaming about with little girls... Um, following behind and stabbing people with syringes, like there's not, you don't have to do a lot to be able to write a good story around that. But um, the way they did it was was fantastic, and like you said, the twists and stuff. Yeah, I I think story storytelling wise, um, for what is actually quite a fairly linear game, like it relied heavily on having that brilliant story, and it was just a fantastic game. Yeah, yeah, it was a good game. I enjoyed that a lot. Um. Right, it's just me. So, best storyline in a game. It's once again, it's got to be Ocarina of Time. Legend of Zelda. Um, really felt like you were developing the story, you know, based on your own decisions. Um, going through all the temples, learning all the extra songs on the Ocarina, meeting all the Gorons and all the uh, Zoras and the Deku's, and just everything had its own sort of place in the world. Um, flying around on chickens, you name it. Zelda can probably do it. Um, getting on a pono and just riding around on a horse for a bit. Pretty much whatever you wanted. And then at the end, you had this huge boss battle, uh, which was Ganon, which was just ridiculous. Um, yeah, just there was so much to that game, and I genuinely remember having recurring nightmares about those bloody re-dead zombies <laughs> where they just jump on your back and start humping you and shriek at you when they see you yeah oh god <laughs> mate that game messed me up big time i remember saying to my dad i can't do the shadow temple you're gonna have to help me because there was these massive spiders that just suck you up off the floor it's just that was a hard a hard sounds game. like a good time i think it really <laughs> pushed you into the, the world of gaming it had a really good but, concept yeah. with the um the time travel in it as well didn't it with young link and old link and yeah. the way that the world changed in between yeah. like that was that was awesome yeah i don't think that had ever been really done before i think there was a seven year gap where um you'd come out as an adult and everything would be like the market would just be full of zombies um whereas you go back in time as a kid and everything's all happy and you know blue skies and all that sort of stuff but yeah, um, it was a really, really decent game, and I felt that that had a lot of um, potential for future games that came out. I think that the really sort of... 3D Zeldas have led to what we know as open world games now, because as much as yeah. Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask are very linear, you have to do one thing before you can do on the other. The way they're yeah. built, you it makes you feel like you are in control of that world, and it is your world. Um, yeah. And without that sort yeah. of 
navigation of the world and being able to go off and find your own things and do play the game how you want to play it. I think that's what led to, you know, like new things coming out like Cyberpunk and what else. Yeah. Yeah, there was um, little bits in Zelda like you could learn a song called the Song of Storms and you could go into certain areas and play it and the water would rise because it would rain. Mm. And it's just like, who the hell thought of that? That's incredible. And it would like help plants grow and it would unlock secret areas and you'd get secret items and all that sort of stuff. And I think you've got like scarab beetles and you'd let them go and they'd build like lily pads when you returned as an adult and you could go to like secret areas and behind waterfalls and stuff. And it was just like, Jesus, this is a lot of a... There's a lot of stuff to find in this game. I think there was, I think there was just like a certain ingenuity about games that came out primarily on on Nintendo um, that just had these little things that, like you said, kind of paved the way for more open world games. Like the success of those games um, made people think, "Oh, okay, maybe we shouldn't be afraid to try this and and put it out." But I think there was just there's just some magic in like the Japanese studios. It's the same with like Kojima. just like the ingenuity in his games and stuff there's just something there's something about it I've, i mean i've never played a zelda game i feel like listening to you guys i'm i've heavily missed out as a child by not playing these games yeah there were certain bits in that game that really genuinely made me want to just quit gaming forever but i was only like 12 years old so i thought i'd probably give it a go good old water um, temple even water temple so the boss for that was yourself oh yeah it was shadow link mm. and he'd know that you knew. I have heard legend of this boss. The, the actual temple was quite hard to navigate as well, so a lot of people mentioned that, because there were certain bits where you had to make the water rise and you had to make the water fall. Right. Um, so it was all about that puzzle, um, which is actually something that I I really miss with that Onimusha game that I was talking about, because that had some seriously hard puzzles associated yeah. with it. And some of them were just sort of you get like a slightly extra, you know, a better bow and some extra arrows, but some of them are like actually mandatory for you to progress the mm. storyline. Um, and there were a few times where I had to Google how to do certain things because I just oh man, I'm glad it's not just me. Here. I was literally like begging my parents yeah. to let me go on the family computer. I, was like, I need to use the internet. I need to find out how to do this. I've got it. I've got to get through. Love saving it. up your pocket money so you can yeah. buy the strategy guide. Yeah. Oh man, strategy yeah. guide. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Um, so we've got the last question, guys. So two games you're looking forward to coming out. So we got Jim. Um Cyberpunk eventually, mm. whenever it does come out. Um and at the moment it, it's going to be the Mass Effect remaster for me, 100%. I am all ready to do this all over again in high def. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, easy choices for me. Easy choices. Nice. Next, we got Ant. Uh, for me, it's Overwatch 2, which, again, I don't know when it's coming out. As far as I'm aware, it's not even fully made yet, so it's going to be quite a while. And another game that's not fully made yet is the new Fable. Um, mm. They had the, the promo for that at the end of the Microsoft Showcase, and it looked fantastic, even though it was just a small snippet. I love the Fable games, and I just want to burn some time in that. <laughs> yeah. That makes sense. Nice. Mm. Sam? So, um, my first one's going to be God of War 2. 
I know technically it's going to be somewhere else down the line chronologically as God of War games go. But as mm. far as the kind of reboot that they did, like I love the first one, really like what they did mm. with it, and I, it it left me wanting to see the next one. And obviously, there's been teasers and stuff coming out um, for that one, so I'm really excited for that. And being a From Software and Miyazaki Dark Souls fanboy, um, Elden Ring. Uh, there's been so many things and like online theories going on like about this and when it's going to happen and what it's going to be. I don't think there's any kind of clear image of it, but I'm excited just because it's made by From Software and because it's me exactly. I know it's going to be good and I just need that like dark soulsy, bloodborne like thing in my life again. So I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, that's cool. Nice one. So we got Andy. Oh, it's a tough question. Um, I very much am in the same boat as Jim around the new Mass Effect um, reboot and the um, the Cyberpunk. I went to um, EGX Eurogamer Expo last year and got a live demo by one of the developers in a, one of these ones where you go sit in a room with a load of people and they play through um, a chunk of, of Cyberpunk and it, it yeah it was pretty astounding and that was that was well two years ago now because it was this year we didn't have an EGX so. Um, yeah, yeah, I hope they've come a long way since then. But you did have people clipping in, like NPCs loading with their arms out to the side. Oh, the old two pose, and so it was still, yeah, <laughs> uh, and like floating up the stairs next to the character as the as the devs running around. But um, yeah, it was still still amazing despite that. So yeah, looking forward to that one. Um, I think yeah. the only other game I've really got my sights on, and this is probably um, a little bit left field, but is the Hogwarts Legacy game. That's due to come out. That looks pretty awesome. Um, I, I mean, I did have visions of the original Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone that I think I had on PC. That was, but I mean, that was incredible at the time, anyway. So, but this new one looks looks pretty awesome. So, um, yeah, I will be getting that. I'll be going off to, to Hogwarts and being a wizard all over is, again. Is that one meant to be in the world? It is, I think, and it's a prequel. So it's like, and I guess Hogwarts. The idea is Hogwarts is kind of timeless, isn't it? So they've set it like. I don't know, 50, 100 years ago, but at Hogwarts. But everything's still, I guess, the same because Hogwarts is this sort of medieval-style sort of mm. living experience anyway, isn't it? Is, yeah. is yeah, Cyberpunk still coming out this year? <laughs> it's supposed to be. I think it's still 2021. Is, this like, is it three so, delays Sorry, 2020, now? really. Yeah. As far as I was, I was still out on the tenth, but I'm not sure oh, I've not okay. been up to date okay. with it. Who's bringing it out? Was it is, was it done by the same people that did The Witcher? <laughs> CD right, Projekt okay. Red, yeah. Nice, nice. Um, just at the sake of um, building suspense and um, sync delay, I'm going to add you all to another room. Um, and then we will talk about my two upcoming games that I'm looking forward to. So I'll add you back in a sec. We'll be back in a sec, guys. Cheers. <sighs> oh, dear. Sorry. That's all right. We'll pass that down the line now. <laughs> yeah. I've got to ask, Anne. Yo. I think I remember seeing you play before in Weymouth. Did Quite you? Possibly. Did you used to play in a band with a girl called Billy? Oh, I did indeed. I knew it. Yeah, I've seen you play before. It must have been Fins. It definitely would have been Fins. Yeah, most probably. Yeah, it was some kind of metalcore thing, I think, at the time. Yeah, it would yeah. have been. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, Sam and done a uh, podcast with me. If you want to give it a give it a listen, we can yeah. Got cool. so, I've got so many on my list. I, like, I keep finding new podcasts to listen to. You've given me the bug now, Ben. <laughs> yeah. I've been told by a few people that they've uh, started listening to everything and everything everywhere. But yeah, just going to wait for Jim and then I'll drop the bomb. Just a thought. If you want to extend it a little bit, maybe worst games we've ever played? Yeah, can do. Yeah, I don't know if you wanted to extend the runtime past the past the two games we're looking forward to at all. Yeah, we've still got another hour. So yeah, right. Is everyone accounted for before I continue? See, yeah. Raise your hand if you're not here. It's going to work so well. Jim, you happy? Never happy. Never happy. God damn. Well, I hate <laughs> like this man. Uh, I like the cut of his jib. <laughs> I hope these two games don't make you leave the chat. So, two games that I'm looking forward to next year are Final Fantasy VII Part Two Remake. I was a bit disappointed when I found out that it was only um, until, what's it called, Midgar mm. um, for Final Fantasy VII Remake on PS4. Um, I think they're going to do like Phase 1, Phase 2, Phase 3, and that will just be how it gets released in like chapters, which kind of makes sense. Yeah. Otherwise, you'll just have delays upon delays upon delays, and nothing will ever come out like this cyberpunk game that you're all talking about. Um, probably going to have to uh, check that out because it sounds like a lot of people are looking forward to that, and I've not really heard of it. It's a big old hype train. Yeah. That's yeah, that's cool. why I'm not go- jumping on it. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm trying not to. I'm trying not yeah. to. So, my second game. Don't worry, it'll find you. No one. <laughs> no one's mentioned this game yet, which I'm genuinely. A bit shocked at really. So it's going to be the new GTA. Oh shit! Yeah, figures. So yeah, none of you have mentioned GTA. Which you know. oh man, now I remember it. I want to change like all of my previous answers. <laughs> yeah. So GTA it, you could do a pod on GTA. Oh, yes. you totally could. Yeah. GTA Five. When did that come out? Because that's been sort of riding the DLC wagon for the whole time, really, hasn't it? it must have been mm. 2011 or something, 2012, mm. I imagine. Mm. Three generations of PlayStation, it's on, isn't it? Yeah, it yeah. is. Yeah, it was 2017 for September 2013. Wow, 2013. Yeah, it wasn't far off. Yeah, what a game GTA Five was. Mm. It was yeah, nice. I think a game that size, that much pressure. It was would have been really easy for them to mess that up. But it kind of just fitted really well. And obviously you had the three characters and you were switching in between their lives and their storylines and stuff. And it just seemed to really work. Mm. Um, I remember playing GTA 3 probably before I was meant to. Oh man, same. And just like setting a load of people on fire and going on <laughs> rampages and just... Flying tank, cheat. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Flying tank, yeah. Dropping speedboats on the motorways. Um, unlimited ammo. Just absolutely insane game. But yeah, that's all the questions I did have. So Sam's just suggested if we've got time, people. Um, what do you reckon, Sam? Just worst game, singular. Yeah, there's got to be one that sticks out in everyone's minds. So is everyone happy to do a worst game? Yeah, I've got one. Yeah. Oh, I think for a second, yeah. 
We'll start with Andy if he's already got one. Jim, if you want to think of one, I'm you'll thinking. go next if that's all right. No. No? <laughs> I'm still thinking. Oh, this character you're playing in the podcast world is very uh, believable. <laughs> <laughs> right, Andy, worst game ever. Let's go. So uh, it sticks out in my mind because of how terrible it was. So it wasn't it wasn't hard to think of. Um, I can't remember how I got it. It might have been a PS Plus free download once upon yeah. a time. Um, but I, so the slight backstory here, and the reason I downloaded it in the first place was um, it was made by Devolver, which I think is the same lot who did uh, Hotline Miami, which is a fantastic mm. set of games. Mm. Um, and I was sucked in by that and thought, oh, well, this is going to be brilliant. And mm. downloaded this game called Hatto for Boyfriend. Oh, yep. no. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Sounds like go. someone's played it. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, but that was literally the worst game I've ever played. And I know it's, I know it's a satire. So I, I feel like I'm being a bit harsh on it, but it was completely terrible. I played the whole thing all the way through just to find out what happened. But for anyone who hasn't played it, the premise is uh, there are a lot of like Japanese style kind of uh, role playing boyfriend girlfriend type games out there that are just sort of very soft and fuzzy, and you're just meant to kind of like. That they're like text on a screen with pictures and it moves through the story. Um, and yeah. this was that concept of you like playground kind of getting to know somebody and getting your first boyfriend. But every character in the game is a, a bird. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I mean, most of them were pigeons, but you had budgerigars, you had really obnoxious parrots, there was crows, like everything. Um, and the story follows that traditional kind of like, right, you start seeing somebody and then you're like going out one night and you get like turned over by all the jocks, beat you up in an alley and then this happens. And, and like all this, all this terrible, like cheesy American high school style storyline. But every character is some form of bird or budgie or whatever. Um, it was awful. It was really, really horrific. It was terrible. <laughs> that sounds really intriguing. Have that you, sounds like something you'd make as well. Have you seen the one You're that's like, very gosh. similar, but instead of it being birds, it's horses, but they've got, like, human faces? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, it's nightmare fuel. It's what the same kind of dating kind of high school thing, but horses <laughs> with people faces. <laughs> And you play oh, the perspective geez. of the girl, so it's all these dudes rocking up to you as horses, just sup, I got a human face, wanna go out? It's the weirdest thing. Sup. <laughs> <laughs> so. oh, Brilliant. Dear. Right, Jim, can you beat that? Uh, <laughs> I don't think anyone can. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, just put the bar into a black hole, isn't it? Oh, yeah. yeah. There's no bar to look at anymore. Um, I don't even know how to follow that to us. Um, I've got two ones which I don't have amazing memories of, to be honest, which is, but they're both PS1 games. One was a game called Rapid Racer. I think I'm remembering it right. Yeah. And it was, um, it was basically as the name um, suggests. It was like a, you know, power boats, random pickups along the line. Um, and it was awful. The really small maps and really cheesy music. Um, and the other game was um, a football game called Actra Soccer 2. Now, I don't play football games, but it's one that came with the PlayStation that my parents got. And I was determined to play it because it's like one of the only other games I've got. So I gave it a go. And it was fucking awful. 
Mm. Like it's one of those games where if you knew how to break it, so you could just find the right corner, hit the mm. um, volley button every time, and then it goes. Just shit. Kits were shit. Yeah. <laughs> just shit about it. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, that's what I can yeah. think of off the top of my head. There's probably a load more, but um, yeah, that was. Um, oh yeah, you, you, you try and try and play something because. Like obviously back then it's like one of your only games, so you try and give it a go. And yeah, I wonder if it'd be all right. Oh no, it's awful, awful. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I I think like we'll we'll go through some more in a sec. But um, when you mention a game and everyone goes, oh my god, or everyone like agrees straight away, and it kind of leaves you with a bit of a bad taste in your mouth. I think that's when you're onto a real stinker. Mm. Um. When everyone knows about it as well, I think that that's like a real sort of tell that you're not just a bitter person, you know, that's played it by yourself. And what we saying? Well, for me, it's probably I've played a lot of superhero games in my time, and yeah, Fantastic Four and the Silver Surfer film came out. I was quite young, and I even knew the film was shit then, but still, I bought the video game, and the video <laughs> game is a hundred times worse than the film. The mechanics are just, you can't control anything. Everything you want in a superhero Mm -hmm. game to feel powerful and to have all these amazing abilities, they just don't allow you to do it. It's so repetitive. It's just go around, punch some people, the end. And it just, it's just one of those games that really left a sour taste in my mouth all of these years. (laughs) Mm. Yeah. Sorry, just gonna burn. That's just reminded yeah. me of another worse one, which was definitely bad. Bad. It was a Transformers movie game. Mm. Oh man, I remember that. That was trash. <laughs> when they try and turn films into video games, it just doesn't work. Yeah. A lot of the time. I was gonna say, can we name like? Can anyone name one that was a good like movie first, then a game? Oh, man, oh, I don't think there's any good ones. It's Lord of the Rings, PS2. Lord of the Rings, Return of the King. Oh, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Two Towers was sick. I think they made a Fellowship of the Ring at some point, didn't they? I think so. Um, Star Wars Battlefront was pretty decent. Yeah. Yeah. They're kind of like, they did so many games, didn't they? They did so many LucasArts, or whatever it was called. Mm. Uh, Knights of the Old Republic. Oh, yeah. They were going to get it It's a matter of time. But yeah, they weren't direct comparisons. Which I think makes it easier to be a good game if you're not trying to follow just the same storyline of a movie. Yeah, Shadow of Mordor did the same thing with The Lord of the Rings. They took it in sort of an Assassin's Creed sort of thing. They didn't Mm. use any of the particular Mm. characters in Lord of the Rings that people know. Yeah, it was still a good game set in the same universe. Hmm. There was one called um, Lord of the Rings War of the Ring, and that was like Command and Conquer. Um, it was an RTS real-time strategy game, so you'd have to like build like a foundry, and then you could build Arakai and train up orcs and stuff. That was pretty cool, but like what you say, Ant, it's uh, people that you've never really heard of. Yeah. So instead of Aragon, you'd play like Sharagon or <laughs> the Audi equivalent. Sharagon. <laughs> Sharon in the Lord Only of on the weekend. <laughs> you know what it's like. Um, is that everyone? First games? Oh, I've got one. I've got this. Go on. It was, you know, sometimes you, you would stop off in a petrol station 
and you would see like a rack of DVDs that are just they yeah. they were never destined to go on a screen. They were just made. <laughs> there was like the same but games. And I remember seeing this fighting game. I can't remember the name of it, but it was on PlayStation Two. And I bought it thinking, hey, this looks pretty cool. Like I, I like Tekken and stuff, and thought I'd buy this. And bought it and took it home. And looking back, the fact that it wasn't... I don't think it even had, like, a studio name on it or, like, a creator name, like, who actually put the game out or, like, a publisher or anything. It just had, like, a game title and some flashy pictures, which should have been, like, warning number one. This is going to be trash. And lo and behold, it was terrible. Um, it was the first T-pose I ever saw, but you were throwing punches in the T-pose, but they, the character wasn't moving and they were still connecting. Um, it was just the most uncontrollable thing ever. It was, it was just the worst. It was, and there was nothing to it. I think there was, there was six characters total. Um, there was like a, they tried to do like a little campaign tournament, but that was four fights, um, which were unwinnable. You just couldn't do it. The, like the most basic AI that you fought against was just like some pro player that's been playing for years. It was, it was terrible. The graphics were bad. The sound was bad. Like the the sound would break up at points. It would sound like it was being bit crushed. Um, it was yeah. So don't buy petrol station games, kids. They're terrible if, if they still exist. <laughs> yeah, no, I know what you mean. So I've got two. Um, most recent one I've played, which I kind of love in a weird way, but I just can't play it for long periods of time because it just gets my blood pressure so high. I am bread. I am bread. I am bread. I, I love bread. I loved that game. I loved it. it. It's so guess, difficult. Guess what? It's so frustrating. Guess what that game oh, is? Oh, is that where you, fl- you lure a slice you of bread and you flip around? A piece of bread. And you're flying around kitchens and you can get into a toaster. Oh, yeah, the goal, the goal of the game is... is to become toast. Yeah, the thing, the thing that annoys me, and obviously it's going to be a blanket statement, is the fucking controls. Yeah. What did you play it on, So, then? L2... L1, R2, and R1 are your controls. Mm. Um, I played it on PS4. Mm. Oh, so were you literally I... like controlling corners of, of the bread? Yeah. Exactly that. Oh, man. Yeah, that's exactly it. If you go in water, you instantly fail. Um, if you land in like a pile of ants, then you lose your edibility. <laughs> um, it's, it's a very unique game. It sounds very thought out to me. I, I can't I see how this is a bad game. <laughs> I can't play it for more than five minutes without actually wanting to smash my front room up. Surgeon Simulator um, is exactly funny. the same for me. Surgeon Simulator is, it seems very sim- yeah. sim- simple. You have two hands, perform surgery. It's very simple surgery, but the controls are deliberately annoying, deliberately don't do what you want them to do. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think Iron Bread really lent into that, though. Because they had different race, they had like modes, and there was a race which you're a bagel and you're flying around the obstacle course. You're obviously a giant wheel, aren't you? When you're a bagel, mm-hmm. um, and there was actually a rampage mode where you're a baguette and you just go around smashing the shit out of everything, <laughs> just eating your way across the floor. And there was also a zero gravity mode where you've got like a rocket strapped to your piece of bread, <laughs> and it was just weird. But I, I quite liked it in a way, but actually physically playing it. I can't get past the uh, front room. It reminded me of Octodad when I played it. Oh, I've seen that. Yeah. yeah. The Dadliest Catch. The Dadliest Catch. <laughs> yeah, it's a brilliant game. But again, yeah. it's like, yeah, you've got all the bumper buttons like, and the triggers are the controls of all the different octopus limbs. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. 
the whole premise of I Am Bread is um, there's a guy who's seeing a psychiatrist who thinks the bread's come to life, and obviously it has. <laughs> and like, each episode, each like level of the story was him slowly descending into more and more madness, and then it gets to a point where the bread's at the petrol station following him around, and it like blows up the whole petrol station. <laughs> Just like, what the hell is this? <laughs> this is weird. But Let's yeah, become toast. That's your that's your life goal. I think it's on the PS store for like. Oh man, that's pretty quick. Well spent. <laughs> yeah, let me know yep. what you think. Let me know. What you I'll think. leave a review. Um, my all-time favorite worst game though is Parappa the Rapper. Oh, that ain't a bad game. Come on now. <laughs> yeah, that's a good game. <laughs> Dance in it? Is that is that the whole thing? I can't really remember. I just remember being like, "What the hell is this? Are you a dog?" Yeah, it's like a dog sort of thing in. As far as I'm yeah. aware, you have to. It's sort of like a um, guitar hero that you have to yeah. press. You know, I think it was PS One. Yeah. Rapper the Pub. Yeah. yeah. And you had to press like X triangle square whatever um, in time with the beat, and he would say certain things depending off you got it on time and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it was just yeah. like a, it was just a beat match so rhythm game. Of... Yeah. Yeah, it just reminds me of um, like Dance Dance Revolution. It's kind of like it's pre so, so. like, Yeah. Kind of for all those kind of games yeah in Weymouth we've got a huge um, amusement area near the pavilion called Alley Gardens and I remember like going in there and there'd be these absolutely insane dancers that would play like Dance Dance Revolution and they'd pretty much play the game all day and they'd just be these like flawless like people with you know stylish moves and they like trying a hundred com- you know you know like guitar hero when you're trying a hundred percent complete something every note and i just think what the fuck are you doing <laughs> 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 you just want to off the podium. i mean kudos for channeling but, like yeah. that amount of time and effort into that because like i will admit i've seen some yeah. people do it and i'm like that is it is impressive it's like it's a feat to yeah. do it on like the the hardest mm-hmm. Both yeah. of the panels going at the same I time. Think, yeah, it kind of ties into that meme where it's like nobody, mm. Craig, I was hundred complete, hundred percent completed. Dark punk. <laughs> Just like I know that you've learned something, but what's going on the TV? <laughs> like, what's driven you? To... Yeah, it's just weird. But yeah, Parappa the Rapper. I can't really think of any others. I'm sure there's other games out there that are intentionally bad, but um... oh, what's that one where you've got to like yeah, climb? You're like that guy in the pot, and you've got a sledgehammer. Oh god, yeah, Get, yeah, that's it. That one is just uh, rage-inducing. What's that guy called in the pot? Is it Demacules or something like that? <sighs> yeah, Diogenes. That's it. So yeah, your whole thing is to climb a mountain using a sledgehammer and. Ooh, yeah, I've seen a lot of uh, YouTubers smash their monitors up playing that. <laughs> One of the um, ones that's worth noting, if you are going to go away from this, is Markiplier. Oh, what, him playing I think yeah. he actually launched his chair across the room. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't want to play games like that, because that's literally the whole purpose of them, isn't it? Is to like drive you to the point. And there's like a narrator on that as well. It's yeah. like, calm down, guys. That's it's just it, a game. Yeah. And you're just like, what the getting thing? over it with <laughs> Bennett Foddy, whoever yeah. Bennett Foddy, Foddy is. Foddy, yeah. That's it. yeah. He um he designed um getting over it on a game called Sexy Hiking. Oh god. Which was like level design gone wrong. Right. 
and it was like I'm just going to build this massive tower out of like pop culture references and oh, stuff. Oh, he did Quop as well. Oh yeah, yeah. I think um that game kind of ties into the fact that uh, there's a bit where he says in getting over it, he says um everything's fresh until you press refresh. And it's just about the stuff that we leave behind. Um, I thought that was quite a sort of symbolic game, really, because you do kind of, you find yourself like going through the levels, um, and you're in like a certain area in a certain era of the world or whatever, and there's like a front room, and then you're on like a scaffolding building site, and it's about how we can just kind of fly away from it all and just move on, really, I suppose. But yeah, it's a decent game, but. I wouldn't play it if I had a short tempo. No, no, for sure. And there was also um, the snake, wasn't there? Which, that's like snakes and ladders, it would take you straight back to the beginning. And you'd be like, yeah, you'd probably sunk like three hours into the game. And you got no sent back progress. to the beginning, you wouldn't be very happy, would you? Kind of like, I'm kind of Googling while, while we're talking. Yeah. And if you put in getting over it, cosplay... There are some absolutely incredible examples <laughs> of guys in pots with sledgehammers. It's glorious. It really is. Love it. Yeah, I think like that was kind of like the the most stripped down game I've ever played. Really, um, it's just you, a sledgehammer, and a mountain, and that's it. Um, there's no skill tree. There's no character development. There's no storyline. There doesn't need to be. Here's a slide. Climb up it. Get to the top complete the game credit make it sound so easy yeah it's really not but um that's just the, the premise of it really um so is there anything we've missed is there any anyone want to sort of right their wrongs or yeah i kind of i want to go back to grand theft auto 3 and that just being like yeah. my intro into the series like I'm, I'm sure all of you probably like well i know i know ben probably like we, we were playing it when we probably shouldn't have been playing it to the point where I was so desperate to get it, I had the money in cash and I went to game and I stood outside game and literally just asked this random dude was like, hey, if I give you this money can you go in there and buy GTA 3? And he, he sure, and he could have like, looking back on it now, he could quite easily, easily have just been like this money's going in my pocket, I'll see you later but there must have been yeah. something about my precious doe-eyed appearance that made him go in there and he got the game and he gave it to me. Like I, I literally gave this guy cash and asked him to go in there. Just this random dude, he bought it for me. And I was so glad he did because it was such an amazing game. But, oh man. Plot twist, he worked the hey. game. Just plot twist, yeah, he plot worked twist, the yeah, game. Yeah, that's it. He just pulls out his ID badge. He's like, busted kid, you're not old enough for this. And then like, cop cars <laughs> just like, burst out of nowhere. <laughs> Why play GTA when you Yeah, you've got thing. two stars, boy. You yeah. better run. Yeah. Anyone else? Any any more for any more? Really? What well, about... Um, Andy. Um, I'm genuinely surprised, Andy, that you haven't mentioned Amnesia once. I haven't. I thought of it for my top five, but I, I didn't go for it. They broke my heart with the machine for pigs. Yeah, that was awful. Um, and I still haven't played the Rebirth. I, I need to, but I haven't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jim, did you have anything? I did. To say I was going to ask you what your favourite game soundtrack was. Ooh. Oh God, favourite game soundtrack. Um, I think before you joined, we were talking about Wipeout. Mm-hmm. That seemed perfect, sort of 
I think that it was quite early days, really. Um, I don't know. There's Halo's so up there. It's got to be. Halo's good. That's got Steve yeah. Iron, hasn't it? I mean, Final Fantasy VII, um, again, wicked soundtrack. Yeah. That just flowed so well, didn't it, based on like what level you were in and what area of the map you were in and stuff. And then there were the boss fight yeah. music. It helps it yeah, just make it more massive. I think 7 and 10 had the best soundtracks out of Final Fantasy games yeah. for me. I think Metal Gear Solid yeah, really so. decent soundtrack. It's where it's like always consistently running in the background. And it would like up and down. Uh, Jim, why don't you uh, lead the pack? Um, my probably go-to choice, just because the sheer volume of um, amazing tracks on it was Time Splitters 2. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every single level had an amazing um, track to go with it. Yeah. That was awesome. Nice. Yeah, so many good ones. Like, uh, it's stuff that's ingrained in my memory. Like Mech, um, Wild West Mission. That's yeah. amazing. Um, yeah, such good mix as well. Um, but I could, I could yeah. go all day about soundtracks. I love soundtracks for games. So quite often, stick yeah. an album on when I'm working. Time Splitters was a bit unique, wasn't it? Because it changed quite frequently. Like the levels were very spaced apart, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. Because one would be a yeah. Wild West, one would be Siberia, and one would be absolutely. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Rest on somewhere. Yeah, yeah. It was fair. like a game made on the premise of like that old TV series Sliders, wasn't it? You just like warp your way in and out of different times and places. Yeah, yeah. A bit tongue in cheek oh, as well. It was really. Yeah. Um, Really, really. I never played. Well. I only ever played Future Perfect out of the Time Split series. Mm. I remember playing it and loving it, and thinking, "Oh man, I can't wait for a sequel." And yeah. I'm kind of still here, like twiddling my thumbs. Yeah, the multiplayer on that was amazing. It was so good. There was so much mm. to do, considering there was no connectivity or um, DLC for it. There was so many built-in game mm. modes. Yeah, I think number two was my gateway. I didn't really play one. But I remember playing the first level in two for a lot, like trying to get it 100% mm. complete. And I think, was that the Siberia level? So, and yeah. There was like for different difficulties. Yeah, you had different tasks to achieve. And yeah. But you had all the side games that... like Siberia. You had a um, uh, mm. side game where in the arcade mode where you'd have to smash all the windows with bricks. Yeah, that's it. Mm. Yeah. Oh my god, yeah. that game was yeah, that was hard. It kept on giving. It was good. good. Yeah. I think Siberia level was kind of based on Goldeneye because you had like the heads up display where you had like armor on one side and health on another side. Yeah, similar kind of vibes from the music yeah. as well. Kind of that eerie um kind of low um ambiance to yeah. it. Yeah, like lo fi sort mm. of just slowly starts building up as it goes. And what we saying? Soundtrack. Have we got a choice? Um, for me, it would probably either be Tony Hawk Underground. Yeah, nice. That was great. Um, or alternatively, if we're talking like video game music, it would be Mega Man X. Um, just, oh, yeah. just because the music fit in so nicely with the level design and sort of the boss design for each level. Um, yeah. because they've all got their own like fire powers or ice powers or whatever and they, it, it always was so thought out and just made the environment nicer 
Yeah. I'm glad I'm nice. Yeah. I think, that um, up. Oh, sorry, go on. Grand Theft Auto was a good one as well. Grand Theft Auto mm. was a good one as well. But that was kind of a cheap answer because it was like, depending on what genre of music you're into, yeah, then you, you would you pick a radio, radio station. Radio X. Let's go. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm, I'm, sorry, I'm glad I brought up um, a Tony Hawk game just based on like non-original soundtracks being in games, like obviously other artists' songs and stuff. I think you probably found it, and you probably found it as well, Ben, obviously playing those games that you discovered so many bands and so much music from playing those games. I remember yeah. playing, it always seemed to be EA games. Like I remember playing Burnout um, and the soundtracks on those games are always yeah. so good. So, so good. And the, the amount of bands that you would end up and music you'd take away from those were brilliant. Um, but I think obviously being EA, they had yeah. the money to make sure that they put good songs in those games and could license them and stuff. But yeah, like, like WWE, WWF yeah, games. Yeah. So they, yeah. they man, big roster. Yeah. No, that's a good shout, Jim. Well done. Um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to just quickly end this one and I'm going to have some sort of end of year wrap up. So as far as I'm aware now, the video game thing's ended, but I just want to have a quick yeah, chat cool. with all of you, if that's all right. Nice one. I'll, um, I'll add cool. you in in about five minutes, all right? Cool. Nice one. Hello, welcome back. Hello. So, new segment. Uh, new topic. I'll explain all in a sec. But, um, the sum of it really is just what a weird year. Yep, definitely. Welcome back, Sam. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, just said to Ant um, when we all come back into the room, what a weird year it's been. I just want to oh, chat man. about it. Odd, very if, odd. Uh, I need some sort of debrief because it's just mm. been mental. Mm. Jim? Hello. Hello. We're just waiting on Andy, and then we'll, uh, we'll get this wrapped up. I just want to uh, quickly discuss what a weird year it's been. Yeah. If anyone's into therapy, then uh, now's the time. Oh, man, I think everyone's going to need a dose like that. Yeah, <laughs> just a little bit. It's been, yeah. it's been tough. It's been a very, very weird year. Oh dear! What the? What's that? That was my cat. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> they really don't want you to have anything, do they? No. Oh, on a podcast. Personal space, fame, yeah. food. Well, yeah. Anything you've got, we'll have it. Are you staying here or are you going out? You're just going to stare at me. <laughs> Give me cheese, father. I demand grated cheese, he says. <laughs> what we'll do is we'll get started on this uh, end of year debrief thing. Mm. If uh, Andy joins, then he joins. So, yeah, um, I think we were doing all right this year up until March, and then it all went to hell. Yep. Uh, we had our first lockdown. Um, I genuinely thought that I was in some sort of film for a couple of months. Mm-hmm. Didn't think it was real. Um, had to work from home for a considerable amount of time. The lines were blurring. Um, obviously spending more time with my girlfriend than I've ever spent in my entire life with anyone. Um, kind of make or break, really. And I think a lot of people went one way or the other with lockdown um, in terms of like exercise or just 
allowing themselves to become this uh, final form and uh, eating everything in sight. So, uh, Andy, we're just talking about this year, really, just um, mm. in general, as a couple of sentences, really. I like to think of myself as uh, Donald Trump, and I'm trying to, uh, what's the word, um, address the nation. <laughs> Not that this podcast is going to my head or anything. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's just been a weird, like the first lockdown was odd, um, and I made a decision to go jogging. Uh, once a week and I stuck at it and then I decided that I could actually afford to do twice a week um, it's all about discipline really if you want to start exercise you've got to hold yourself accountable and not rely on other people really and now I've got some Gymshark tops in my wardrobe and I'm doing better than ever really with it which is awesome But um, mm, kudos. A, lot, a lot of people thank you a lot of people went the other way and started eating more custard creams than they could physically hold in their house I did that anyway you did lockdown, no lockdown. Custard creams are smashed. <laughs> <laughs> lockdown or not, I'm eating everything I've got. Nice. But yeah, I just wanted to um, quickly touch base with you lot and just make sure that uh, everything's all right. And if you want to uh, use me as a sounding board, either on this podcast or off the podcast, then just drop me a message. Mm, much but yeah, how's, how's it been? Uh, let's uh, start with Jim. Again. Mm. Again. Um, yeah, well, very weird. Yeah, sums it up quite nicely. Um, it's definitely been a year of adjustment for myself personally. Um, you know, kind of got a, a year under my belt in a new job working in the office, and then obviously March came along and we were all working from home. Um, I've only had to go into the office twice since lockdown, so it's all been working from home. Um, that's been a weird adjustment because. I find I need a bit of background commotion to be able to work effectively. Um, on a professional sense, like I get, get the commotion here from the kids running around, um, but it's very different. And being in such proximity to the kids working has been tough, um, but also been really nice in the sense of I come down for a coffee or lunch I've done for the day. I haven't got a 40 minute drive and come home and see, the, to see them and just come downstairs and here. Yeah. So finding a balance between being able to kind of keep the background noise from the kids out and carry on working has taken me months, to be honest. Yeah. That's generally been the single hardest bit of the uh, lockdown for me. Um, like I said, I was smashing snacks before lockdown, so <laughs> yeah. um, that's not changed. And yeah. still put it away. Um, mm. Yeah. Um, just yeah, adjustments, adjustments. Um, yeah. Also, I think it's the same as everyone else. Where everyone's in lockdown, they're buying more beers, um, <laughs> you know, and all this kind of stuff. So yeah, and a bit more booze. But then I've come back off it. Um, been had a kind of dip with exercising and stuff. So obviously not going rugby or anything. So kind of just got a bit more sedentary. But picked yeah. up some um, resistance bands recently. Um, been going out for more walks. Um, and mm. yeah, just doing little things, um, which mm. definitely helping. So, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, year of change and adjustment for me personally. Yeah, it's certainly been a hell of a ride. It's felt like we've been on a roller coaster without our sort of consent for the last 10 months. Yeah, yeah, it's been, it's been very strange. Some, yeah, some of the stuff the coming out from the, yeah, the news and information is yeah. very strange at the moment. 
Yeah, and then you get Boris Johnson giving us vague things that don't really, to me, constitute proper guidelines. And you've got the whole thing at the meal um, at the moment with like tit. You've got to have a substantial meal. What is substantial? Like I spoke to Ross about that last week on my podcast. I'm a substantial meal. (laughs) (laughs) You're a snack. (laughs) Oh no! At this point, I'm more than a snack. (laughs) Precursor. Nice. Um, and how's it been for you? Well, off and on, mate. Uh, first lockdown we had, I fell into a very, very deep, horrible depression. Um, yeah. Being disabled and then also being told I'm not allowed out at all. Kind of yeah. quite hard. Um, because I am, you know, physically disabled, I was in that uh, high-risk category during the first lockdown. So all that safeguarding and all that applied to me which was really tough um but i managed to sort of just look at myself in the mirror and pull myself together really and um during the summer i tried my best and you know i started doing a bit more exercise and eating a bit healthier and you know and i think that really did help um yeah during the second lockdown i kind of was just like okay this is this is unfortunately the new normal for the time being and we're yeah. gonna have to crack on and I, I honestly think it's just about your mindset. If you, mm-hmm. if you, if you allow it to uh, get you down, it probably will get you down. And it took me a long time to realize that. But yeah, pulling yourself together, telling yourself mm-hmm. it's not the end of the world. Yes, it does suck, but everyone's going through this together. Yeah, there are other people going through exactly what you're going through, and you need to, you know, do the best you can with this time rather than just moping around. Yeah, no, I agree. I think. Um when we remove all of the social constructs of earning money and showing up to a certain place at a certain time and uh, not being able to see your family without these ridiculous, like, you know, you, you can only meet six people outdoors, whereas it used to be, you know, don't even have six mates. Yeah, <laughs> you know I mean? yeah exactly. Um, it's weird when it sort of, the carpet gets pulled, but a lot of people were like moaning about furlough and saying, um, all these people are getting paid to go on holiday. And it's like, yeah, but they didn't ask to go on holiday. Yeah. So, like, stop going around blaming everyone for everything. And let's actually, like, address the elephant in the room here. And the whole point of all of this is to, like, ease the transmission and to stop people moving around so frequently and so freely. And it just genuinely seems to me that some people can't even do that. The thing and is, like... I don't believe we should be forced to lock down. Me personally, but no, I believe no, that no. we we should we should want to stay inside to protect other people because we're good people yeah. ourselves, and we should yeah. be wanting to do the right thing. Just like wearing a face mask, like how selfish are you that you decided that that's not something that you're going to do for yeah. some reason? Like, yeah, just do it. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, just get on with it. And you see these pictures of the, you know, the Spanish flu epidemic in 1918, and everyone had a mask on back then. So why, why can't people do it now? Yeah, it's just the, the world's kind of mental. Isn't it? Everyone thinks that the rules don't apply to them. Entitlement. But yeah, it's definitely it to um, check yourself before you wreck yourself, so to speak. <laughs> you are in charge of your own destiny, really. Um, especially if you know you're let loose, like we have kind of. Done. Extent this year, obviously, you know, you can go to places they might not be open, but you can go to them. 
Um, but eventually it got to a point in like April with me where I wanted to do all of these things and it got to a point where everything was getting stopped by COVID. Like every single chain in that link was, um, you know, everything stopped, basically. The whole economy stopped, for Christ's sake. Yeah, me and my message in January had a massive list of uh, everything we wanted to do in 2020. Yeah. Um, by mid-February, obviously, we started to get the news. And then by, as you know, March, everything, all of 100 gigs that we planned out for the year had all been cancelled. Yeah. Every trip that we had planned had all been cancelled. Yeah. And it's, it was just a, a, yeah. a stark change from night and day. No, definitely. Um, Sam, how you been getting on? <clears throat> Sam? Oh, sorry. Yeah, sorry. My thing was bugging out there for a sec. Um, Yeah, it's been... It's weird, because I was... Yeah, I probably had kind of a year under my belt in a new job, and as soon as the furlough thing kind of came around, it was all a bit like, oh, man, this is is a novelty. This is cool. I'm getting getting paid to have time off. And the first couple of weeks, I was pretty... um, I don't know, I was pretty happy. It was pretty cool. I had free time to like do music stuff and just hang out with my family and everything. And as time went by, I think the novelty kind of wore off and the kind of realisation of how serious things were kind of uh, set in. Um, and I'm very much the kind of person that I like my space. I like being able to recharge my own batteries and being being stuck in the same place like i love my family don't get me wrong um but i just needed needed my space to like recoup and think do my own thing sometimes um so i found i found that quite hard um as far as the exercising thing hats off to you ben because i tried doing the running thing i lasted about two weeks i am i am not built for speed i am built for comfort um yeah but like I'm like I'm a but so it sounds weird saying that because I'm a huge fan of the gym. Like I love doing like strength training and like strongman stuff. Like that's that's my jam. Um, cardio is the boo cardio. We don't ooh, no running. No, don't don't do that. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah. So again, like not having access to a gym was hard as well. Um, Granted, yeah, you, you can do stuff at home, but it's it's similar to um, what you were saying earlier about the work environment, having hustle and bustle. It's odd not being in situ and like having that uh, that familiar motivation to do stuff and kind of transferring it to like a different environment was weird. Um, so all in all, it, t- it took a, a pretty big it took a pretty big toll on me because I was probably furloughed for the best part of three months before going back. And there was a lot of, it was very ambiguous about what was going on, about if people were going to be let go and stuff like this. And I think a lot of people were in similar situations of, of worry and not really not really knowing what was happening. Um, but, I mean, yeah, you could, it's easy to look at all the doom and gloom stuff. But on the positive side, I did, did use a lot of the time to be creative and write music and stuff and... Um, uh, finish off some bits with my band obviously just like sending sending files and stuff back and forth and kind of um, hashing stuff out for once this is all over and we can we can kind of plod back on with that so I try to think of the positive takeaways from it um, again with the second lockdown I tried to be more proactive with that and not fall into the same hole 
but man, I I like to eat my emotions. I tell you, like the amount yeah, of yeah. the amount of food that has has gone through me is uh, is incredible. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's everything seems to be coming to like a like a new normal, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think with this vaccine on the horizon, hopefully it's not much longer. But mm. like, I think that's something that I kept reading constantly was just remind yourself that this is temporary. Mm. But that's on the provision that it is actually temporary, not the rest of my life. Um, yeah, just time's become this really like self-conscious thing for me lately, whereas I think it used to flutter by and sort of everything was fleeting. Um, but yeah, like saying to yourself every day that this is only temporary and then being told that you're going back into lockdown kind of counterintuits the mm. other thing, really. And you've got a bit of a war with yourself. Like, is this temporary or am I just blowing smoke up my own arse? Yeah, it's, you just yeah. have to, because it's one of those things that sometimes people won't do it for you. So you have to give yourself a positive, um, a positive reinforcement of it's going to yeah. be okay. Like pat yourself on the back kind of thing. It's like, um, yeah, it's tricky. It's a, it's a weird one. Yeah. One thing I will say, which is uh, me patting myself on the back a bit, is I would have never have started a podcast if it wasn't for lockdown. Mm. It's something that I've wanted to do for so long, and I realised that I could do all of it on my phone, and I was like, right, let's do it now. Mm. Like, now seems like a really good time to, like, reconnect with people that I can't physically be with, and I've got so many people with so many interesting stories and just anecdotes that are just really interesting, and let's get them out there, you know. There isn't a certain element of this that you are putting yourself out there a little bit. Mm. But I'm not exactly going into much detail about specific things, um, obviously. I've got a girlfriend, I've got a boy. I'm not really going to, you know, dedicate a podcast to talking about their specifics because mm. there's nothing to do with anyone, do you know what I mean? Mm. But I'm happy to talk about myself and all that sort of stuff. I mean, obviously, this has been born out of lockdown and not being able to mm. see people, but is it, have you got plans in the future to do this as a kind of, like, round-the-table, face-to-face kind of yeah. thing? Or I'd love to do that. I'd absolutely. Mm. That's probably, like, one of my dream sort of hobbies is to actually have, like, a room that I can go in and just chat with people. And we can actually, you know, we could try each other's meal deals. Imagine that. <laughs> yeah. We'll do a, do a meal deal swap. That'd be incredible. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'd love to do that, mate. Because I've always been really collaborative. And obviously being in bands, you, you don't really want to do it all over Zoom. You want to do it face to face, don't you? And you want it to yeah. be like real. And like right now, I'm kind of potentially talking over someone and you, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that face-to-face conversation is something that I think at one point I think we were quite close to losing that. Mm. That, that face-to-face of people like typing lol on MSN and not even like moving slightly. <laughs> do yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's like I'm dying right. laughing lol 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 and they're just there, a blank expression on their face dimly lit by the light off of the screen with a packet of Doritos in hand kind of thing. Blow a bit so, more air out your nose. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, you just huff a little <laughs> bit more. Um, and Andy, how's it been for you? Well, uh, for me, it's not really been that different, and I I know how lucky I am to have had that experience. Yeah. Um, I won't get into the detail of what I do, but I guess I kind of count as a key worker. So I basically, yeah. I've had to go to work every day, pretty yeah. much as normal. Um, there were some days that we had. Uh, on my my shifts that were kind of allocated as training days and those have turned into working from home days but to be fair we we probably should have been doing that anyway so 
Um, yeah, not not massively changed in that regard. Um, and that that the like the way I work and what I do kind of does help to define the routines in the house with the family as well. So luckily, then like a lot of the stuff we've done has then kind of stayed pretty constant. It was just the the pain of not having kind of um, the the level of childcare and nursery and stuff like that that we had during the original lockdown. Uh, yeah, as much. but um, yeah, no, I, I definitely count myself lucky, and it's it's been really interesting be someone who's still going to the office during this time and having a team of people yeah. who work with me who, you know, mm. some of them have been shielding, some of them haven't been coming to the office or have been dedicated working elsewhere and stuff like that. So it's been interesting and different to kind of manage manage a team of people who, who are more kind of um, spread out and, and with different needs. But yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's been interesting. That's, that's, that's yeah, for sure. <laughs> Yeah, I've been quite lucky. I've been going to site um, and I've been also mixing it with working from home. Um, mm. I think a lot of people just need to remember that nowadays, like imagine if this happened in like 2005, imagine how screwed we'd be. Yeah. Like we now have the technology, we have the internet, we have WhatsApp, we have Zoom, we have Skype, we have all of these like video conferencing things. See, I don't know. I think, I, know it, it, I think I it might different. have been interesting to see it. Just Yeah. Based on, because there was obviously, I don't know what year it was, but there was obviously swine flu and stuff that went around. I don't think it was yeah. obviously as as severe. Um, but I think, obviously, the political and social climate um, has made things spicy, for lack of a better term, um, with everything else going on. It's kind of added to the pot. So I think yeah. 2005, I think it, I think we could have handled it. Um, granted, the social interaction and stuff might have been different, but I think situation forces, like, would force ingenuity and would force things yeah. to come about. I think it, I th- yeah, it would have been interesting to see. I don't think it would have been chaotic or as bad, maybe. Yeah, I get that, yeah. I think being informed is a bit of a double-edged sword, really, mm. because there are people that are literally like hard refreshing the BBC website every minute to see if anything's changed. Whereas if you don't have that, then you've kind of just got to make your own version of your situation and your own circumstances. Mm. And what comes of that is whether the... Yeah. I was going to say there's just as much, if not more, misinformation out on the internet that people do grab grip onto and do believe, and that ends up making it worse for everybody. That's exactly what I was going to say, yeah. True. Yeah, no, I get what you mean. Um, yeah, we can still like talk to each other. We just need to be a little bit further away. Yeah, <laughs> um, there are ways and means to doing this, but um, yeah, I think technology sometimes it like I'm on my phone way too much, way too much. Um, you know, it it's about self control. It's, isn't it, really? it's like habit now, isn't it? It's like you've you've placed yeah. this thing into into people's hands that is like a it's, it's a source of like happy chemical um and you you get hooked to that uh through yeah, whatever it's... it is on your phone that you've got um it's something that just hooks you to it and it is dangerous and can be dangerous definitely yeah you get that dopamine hit you get that endorphin mm. you you can't then time flies like i say earlier i'm quite conscious of it now but you know, I play games on my phone and I'm not even aware what the time is. And then I look at it and it's like 10 o'clock at night. I'm like, Jesus Christ, what the hell have I been doing? I'm sat in a dark room. Like the PS4's turned off by itself because it's, <laughs> it's 
time though. It's like being rejected. It's like, oh, it's like, oh I, I see where I stand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Ben, you playing Plants vs Zombies too? Yeah, I'll just fuck off. Yeah, cool, nice. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't even want to be on anyway. Yeah, that's it. But yeah, it's um, it's been odd. But I think um, we just have to get the best out of all of the situations we're in, and it's easy to say that. I've been working the entire time. Um, I haven't had to shield anyone. I don't know anyone that's passed away. But, like, there's been a lot of people out there that have had this really, really hard ride. Um, but us all coming together, really, you know, we we need to make our our community, I suppose, easier to manage. And we just all need a bit of accountability. I think that's ultimately what this is about, really. Ben for PM. Woo! Yeah, yeah, I know. Shouldn't be that difficult, should it? <laughs> Stay inside. Yeah. It's like a podcast, isn't it? That's it, isn't it? Like, <laughs> yeah, mental. But there we go. But yeah, I'm gonna um, I'm gonna sign off there if that's all right. Try not to delve too into the negative, but um, it's hard when people don't want to listen. Mm. You listen to scientists, you listen to chief medical officers, and you're going, "Nah, I think I know this situation better." I'm, <laughs> I'm really glad that I, I had my social media to find out about the fact that Bill Gates is going to put a chip inside me with the vaccine. So, you know, I feel really well protected by getting that information ahead of time. Good old Billy. Let's sort you out. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Right. Has anyone got anything else to say quickly? Or we are. Oh, just quickly before I forget, um, I'm going to have Andy on because Andy's the only person in this room that I've not actually had on the podcast before. So I'm going to have him on in a couple of weeks um, so that he can explain himself to us properly. Explain myself. <laughs> <laughs> what have you done, young man? Basically what this podcast is. <laughs> just an <the> interrogation. <laughs> and yeah. a secret lawyer but building yeah. cases against us. It's all a ruse. That's it. <laughs> yeah, if that's, if that's it from everyone, then um, as always, feel free to subscribe. If you do subscribe, you'll get a new notification every time I upload, which is usually every Sunday night, consistently. Uh, Want to keep doing this in the new year. Um, and I just really quickly, whilst I've got four people on this with me, just want to say thank you, because like I've just mentioned a few times, time is something that we spend and we can't buy and we can't get it back. Um, and it means a lot that I've managed to do 10 episodes now, um, just talking to people getting their thoughts and viewpoints and trying to sort of develop myself and keep in touch at the same time with everyone. Mm. And there's a lot of people out there that I'd like to have a chat with. And some of them have said, no, I'm not really interested, mate, to be honest. But, um, you know, time is of the essence and all that. So I do appreciate everyone listening and participating because eventually I'm going to run out of guests at this rate. (laughs) (laughs) Just have to have regulars. I'm going to have to cycle through the four of you and just keep going. (laughs) Ben, why are we talking about golf? I don't know anything about golf. (laughs) But yeah, nice one. Um, Yeah, as always, it's uh, been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you to everyone that's uh, voiced their opinions on video games. I'm uh, interested to see what you lot out there are thinking. So um, yeah, just drop me a message or something like that. And um We'll uh, include you in the next episode if you want. But yeah, if you want a guest on this or anything like that, then feel free to reach out to me. Uh, it's Absolute Bedlam Podcast on Instagram. Feel free to drop me a DM or something like that. All right. 
it's been a pleasure, guys. Thank you very well, much. Thank you. Thank you. Cheers, your busy lives. Enjoy. Take care. Up, Take care. Cheers. Cheers. Bye.